0: One of the great pastors and uh, authors of our day, Timothy Keller, often reminded his congregation that the famous people of the Bible are not like the heroes the world gives us to admire and to try to imitate. Think about this. Pick someone from, say, pick a world leader that you respect. Someone from sports or entertainment, music, industry, you name it. These folks draw us with their physical and mental feats, their beauty, their charisma, their savvy, the ease with which they seem to make their way through even hard challenges. Their glorious selves take us in. They make us wish we were like them or could one day become something like them. Well, famous people from the Bible, they can be a mess. because the Bible shows them warts and all. There's no airbrushing of people in the Bible. Jacob, Jacob comes to mind. He's a cheater from the get-go. He's a conniving manipulator from a famously ruined family. His mom doted over him, spoiled him. His dad, Isaac, tended to ignore, even despise him. His brother Esau had the status, the looks, a real man's man, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but brawny, you know, sort of like that paper towel guy. Esau was dad's clear favorite. Under Esau's shadow, Jacob seethed and hatched scheme after scheme to get the upper hand. Like Isaac, Jacob passed on the dysfunction that often happens with families, unfortunately. He passed on the wounding. Later, Jacob doted on his favorite son. Do you remember him? Joseph, to the contempt of the other siblings. The rejection breeded more anger, more of the empty, bitter sport of getting even so how, do, how are we liking Jacob and his clan so far? <laughs> Why give him and other people in the Bible the time of day? Why listen to them? They're really a gift to us to show us how deeply flawed we all really are. But also to show us how to meet the real God. Because the real God is the only one who can change us. Give us a new kind of life that can break through those vicious cycles. You might be in one right now. Here from Jacob's story are three things about how to meet the living God. Here's one. You meet him on your own. No one can do this for you. Two. You meet him in your weakness. And three. You meet him in his weakness. What? We'll talk about that in a minute. First, you meet him on your own. Jacob has tricked both Isaac and Esau and is on the run. He learns that Esau is tracking him and is on the way with 400 men. So Jacob splits up his group and sends them on ahead with bribes—not bribes, gifts. Right, gifts keeping his wife Rachel, Leah, and the kids with him. He figures at least his servants might slow Esau down, maybe giving him a little bit more time to figure things out, figure out another plan. And I feel confident that everyone else down to his own family he would use to shield little him. He makes it as far as the river And we're told Jacob goes off on his own. And there he prays against the disaster of a morning fast approaching. Now you and I, we know more than we would admit maybe about being alone before a big life moment. I mean, a couple of times I've been fairly seriously sick in the hospital, you know, I've been there as a patient and and I remember all the fuss, you know, around me, the hospital staff, maybe a couple of visitors, some family, some friends come by. But once they leave and once the lights dim, I knew deep down, and maybe you have too, I knew that I was facing whatever I was facing on my own. You see, that's why you can go to church for years even and not really meet God. You and I can imagine maybe that our church family, and which is, by the way, so crucial, and I'm not, I'm not bringing that down at all. There is no way we get on through life really without the help, if you're a Christian, without your Christian family. And you find through fellowship with people that you really can't be yourself fully with, by yourself. That's so true. But it's possible... So just imagine that we can draft on these people, their energy, their their experiences. We could even be inspired by them, at least for a while. We could end up putting off our own meeting God, pretending instead that we can keep him at arm's length. And, you know, it's so easy to go for just like the cash value of some Fairly vague Christian or religious practice. You know what I mean by cash value? You know, what's in it for me? And it's a recipe for emptiness. Jacob knew it well. Life on the run. That night he did all he could to get ready for a showdown with Esau just hours away. He prays. He seems finally ready to face the music. And in Jacob's style, he negotiates in prayer to obey God this time for a change. And then, well, Jacob backed right into the fight of his life at the river. He didn't see the real showdown coming. Their showdown wasn't with Esau. Jacob met God. And I know you figure preachers say that all the time. It's time to to come near to God. Let's meet him. Oh, yeah, right, right. I know this prospect that we say that we're about, at least in public. Think about it for a moment. Died in the wool, traditional churches tend to drone on about some kind of pleasant transaction with, you know, the man upstairs. The God who stands rather formally on principle. We do our part, and he will do his. But it sounds so neat, so easy. Just you know, a nice little transaction. Liberal churches tend to chirp about a fuzzy therapist from the beyond, full of doting warmth, blanketing all with acceptance and nothing but. As I heard somebody put it, uh, God seems like either a hairy thunderer or a cosmic muffin. But, folks, just look at the God of the Bible, the real God who tracked Jacob down. He jumps Jacob, puts him in a hammerlock, leaves him limping for life. This is no tame. This is no tame God. This is no user-friendly therapist. This man, whoever he is, Quote, touches Jacob's hip, wrenching it out of joint. Do you understand what strength it might take to rip your hip out of joint, dislocate your hip? The Hebrew word for touch here means, are you ready? The slightest of taps. At this moment in the fight, Jacob realizes that his opponent possesses supernatural, overwhelming power He realizes that this opponent is holding back way back lest Jacob be torn limb from limb Jacob met God in Jacob's weakness met him in his pain and let's let the bible be honest That's how you and I will really meet him when he shows up. And he's going to show up. Shadow boxing is over now, the uh, the posturing is gone. And Jacob hangs on to him for dear life because his blinders are falling off. In a flash, he sees that his sucking chest wound of having to steal his dad's blessing, the inheritance meant for Esau. His feverish desire for Rachel over Leah, his desperate power grabs, never gave him what he needed deep down. The more he grabbed, the more empty he knew he was. Only God himself could give him his heart's longing, and so Jacob cries out, I won't let go until you bless me. Earlier, his old, almost totally blind dad, in that moment of giving over the inheritance to the older, could just barely make out the shape of one of his sons, and so he demanded that that son tell him his name. I am Esau, said Jacob. Another lie. It worked. Now, there's no more deception. Now the living God who sees all looks at Jacob with clear blazing eyes and asks the same question. What is your name? And an exhausted, weak, jacob can only say now jacob jacob how it hurts to be honest it hurts to be honest with god there's no other way around it and then this god of the bible that you didn't make up and i couldn't possibly make up in my wildest dream draws jacob so close and blesses him gives him a new name and the craziness is still building. Because verse 25 is not through spinning us out just yet. It has the gall to tell us that Jacob's opponent, quote, saw that he didn't prevail. Are you tracking with me? God decided to lose. What? How can this be? Let me give you a clue. Remember you with your kids or if you don't have kids just would you picture this with me I'm in the den or maybe it's the yard I just remember Knoxville Tennessee okay I'm with my boys we tussle I love them I want them to grow strong and secure I know that if I roll over on them I'm going to break something hurt them and so what do I do I just lift up my arm And they go after that arm. We start to arm wrestle. They gang up on me laughing and both grab my arm and push it down. Of course, I tap out. And they jump up and down flush with with victory. You know why they won, don't you? Yeah, Luke, sure. But we're talking about one of those Bible story things, okay? When did God ever really go down in actual defeat, make himself weak? Take the full weight of all of us on him and let us, oh, did it sneak up on you? Do you see it coming? In real time, at a real place, real as the river Jabbok, a man claiming to be God and backing it up, allowed himself to be arrested, chained. Tortured and then hung up on a cross like the worst criminal. He took all the weight of the penalty our deeply flawed selves deserve. He took all the hammer blows, not just of mocking soldiers, but the blows of cosmic wrath and justice, all the while hanging on, hanging on until the end, saying, in effect, I will not let go until you bless everyone who comes. To me. You and I will find no deep down rest. No peace. Until we come to him just as we are. Without one plea. In weakness. In pain. You and I. Won't be changed. Won't be changed at all until we see him making himself weak, scorned, abandoned, so that we can be welcomed in to his family and to be given a new life we can't lose. Folks, it's the fight of your life and mine. It's the fight, sooner or later, that we all have to face. Don't let go. 아멘.